This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Being a minimalist, do you have any things you do before you buy something? The 30-day rule, the 90% rule. I have the same 10 shirts that I wear every single day. I love them. Makes you wonder how much stuff do you actually like because you genuinely like it? And how much stuff do you actually like because everybody says you should like it? You don't need most of the stuff that people buy. Somebody said that my kid would turn into a serial killer because they didn't have enough toys. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. The kids are happy playing with like a rock in a cardboard box. They don't need a billion dollars worth of toys. Hey friends, this is Queenie. And Pablo. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have a really special guest, our friend Gabe. He is also a YouTuber and he talks about minimalism and finance. So we wanted to have him on the podcast to talk things all how to declutter our homes and also how to get our financial lives in order. So welcome, Gabe. Thanks so much for having me on, God. Really excited about this. I'm so excited as well. So tradition on the podcast is we go through our money wins. So Gabe, do you have a money win to share with us? I mean, it's not an extremely specific money win, but we went through most of December. We try to do a no spend December because that's like generally the hardest time to not spend money. Um, And we made it most of the way through. So I think that was a a pretty good, good win for us. It was fun. That's a great win. That's really good, especially December. How did you not buy anything in December? No gifts for Christmas? No, we didn't really do a ton of gifts. We did some experiences. We did buy a few things that were like earlier on. We tried to plan ahead, Um, but we had spent a decent amount in like November and stuff. We were like, we got to, we don't want to wait till January to start this. So we just started it right in December and it went pretty good. That's good. I mean, maybe you took advantage of the Black Friday sales to to buy your things anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of what I did, actually. <laughs> yeah, we had like the few things we did do, we were saving them for like when it did go on sale and then we got them and then we're like, all right, let's not get caught up into the hype here. Nice. Yeah, that's that very, was smart. very cool. What about you, Pablo? My money win is that uh, we actually booked an experiences in our last holidays and it was in Hawaii. And obviously in Hawaii, there is like four different islands. And we booked uh, an experience on the wrong island because the tour was categorized in the wrong island. So we're in the main island, Honolulu, and then the tour, the day of the tour was like, we check where is the marina where we need to to go for this boat sunset cruise. And it's like, oh, well, it's not the same island. We can't get there. (laughs) And it was like so hard to get refunded, but we got refunded eventually. So that's the money win. (laughs) That's a great money win. My money win is that we've been looking for a new dining table and we found one on Facebook Marketplace. But first we were looking around like because we have these like Boxing Day sales in Australia. So just after Christmas, like the day after, it's like Boxing Day. That's when they have like lots of sales. So we're like, oh, well, maybe we could get a dining table then. So we looked around at all the stores and the dining tables were from 
I think about like $900 to $2,000 for the ones that we liked. And then I started looking on Facebook Marketplace and found a really nice one for $250. And yeah, it's a really nice one. And I feel like some stuff I don't love buying like secondhand, you know, some things like I kind of do like to have like new, you know, but like a dining table and like furniture like that, I feel like it's like it's a no brainer. Like it's very easy to clean, you know, it, it's like, it's really good. Great quality. Yeah. Very good dining table. Now we're getting the chairs soon. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited. Just remember that anything that we talk about in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice. You can read our full financial services guide in the description. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. So, Gabe, I'm curious, before we get into the questions, how did you get into making videos about minimalism and finance? Can you tell us your story? Yeah, for sure. So it started like I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was like 18 because my mom recommended it. And then I went down the whole rabbit hole of financial independence and, and all that stuff. And when I got to well, like six years ago, five years ago, I kind of like ran out of people to talk to this about. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll try making a few YouTube videos and see how that goes. The first video, literally, I didn't, like it wasn't edited because I didn't know you could edit like a video. I thought you had to like do it in one take and it was like complete train wreck. But I kind of got into, like I was so excited about stuff. I just wanted to share it with people and I eventually got kind of better at that. And actually like YouTube almost led me down that path of minimalism and it really like improved my life in a lot of ways because it forced me to learn more stuff because the best way to you know, learn something is to teach it. And as I share more things every week, I just kind of learn this stuff. So it's kind of a kind of a winding path to get there. But it was just I was so excited about stuff. I just wanted to share it. Oh, nice. That's really cool. I didn't know that story. And I'm curious, were you ever like not a minimalist and like you had heaps of stuff and like there was a time and then you're like, no, I'm going to become a minimalist. Oh, like we always kind of a minimalist. Yeah. So I was always very frugal because like we didn't have a ton of money growing up and like I worked very hard. I started working at like 11 cleaning office buildings and it was like I hated working. And I was like, well, if I, I don't want to work more, so I got to spend less. But I would buy so much stuff on clearance. I would buy $5 t-shirts, $10 t-shirts. And I just had like a bunch of stuff that was cheap and I didn't use a ton, but I couldn't like pass up a sale. So I initially got into minimalism because I was watching Matt Diavella uh, when he was popular, like like at the beginning of him being popular. And I tried living like him for a week and I decluttered my closet. I got rid of a bunch of stuff. I organized my house and I was like, I feel so much better. And I was just doing an experiment for a week, but it was like addicting. I felt better. I had more mental clarity. The house was always clean. I didn't mind when people dropped by and I like saw all these benefits and I just like turned into this journey. That's, you know, like three years later, I'm still, you know, not not like some perfect minimalist or anything, but it's it's been like all these improvements. Hmm, that's really cool. I really relate to that because I feel like I also was like that, you know, like whenever I would buy clothes, for example, like I would only allow myself to buy the things that was like on sale, but not just like 20% off, but like the clearance bargain stuff. And it's like sometimes I got some stuff that was pretty good, but like most of the time. I'd wear it once and it's just like, what's the point? So sometimes I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe sometimes it's it's worth it to invest in like a few quality things. Obviously try to get a good price on it, 
buy it secondhand if you can. But it's like, yeah, it's it's nice having like stuff that you really, really love. You know, like I, I just love that. What yeah, about you, Pavlo? 100%. And Gabe, I think you have an interesting video related to the boots theory, right? Yeah, that's definitely something that I've considered a lot because like I have like more expensive shirts right now, but I have the same 10 shirts that I wear every single day. I love them. And so like the cost per wear is actually really low on those because like if it's a $50 shirt, but I wear it 400 times, that's actually not a bad cost for wear as opposed to when I get something that's five bucks and then I wear it maybe once. I don't actually like it, but it was $5. It was 70% off. I can't even resist it. And then I like never actually wear it. And like 80% of my closet was all this junk that I didn't wear. So it's actually, I've started investing into nicer stuff that ends up being cheaper in the long run, even though it's more expensive. So it, it doesn't make sense, but it actually makes sense. Oh, I love that theory. It's it's very good. And oh, I there's this really good quote from Mary Kondo, which I just love. And it's like, it's not about what, to get rid of, it's about what to keep. And I think that's a really nice concept because it's like a lot of people look at like, oh, I need to get rid of this, I need to get rid of this. But it's like, maybe just have a look at like, what are some things that you actually want to keep? And then, you know, and then it makes you feel a lot better because you're like, oh, you actually realize you don't need a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you can buy stuff for life nowadays. You just need to know what to buy. Yeah, exactly. So do you have any things you do or rules that you have for, I guess, being a minimalist and before you buy something, do you have any rules? Yeah, I kind of, I don't really buy a ton of stuff anymore. I don't go outside, first of all, so that really helps. Um, and then I I couldn't be trusted with having Amazon on my phone, so I had to take Amazon off my phone. And that really helps me buy less stuff because like, just making it harder to actually buy stuff, just putting a couple layers uh, of annoyance in between it really helps me. And then I do something called the 30-day rule. So that's pretty much... If there's something that I want to buy that's not like a necessity, not toothpaste, then I'll write it down on my calendar. And if it's still, if I still want to buy it in 30 days, then I'll buy it. And if I don't, like most of the time, like you forget what you wrote down and you're like, oh, I guess I didn't really need that thing. Uh, and just doing that helps me like not buy most stuff because like, oh, a day later, you totally forgot what you were about to buy because you absolutely needed it, you know? Yeah, that's that's very true. What do you think, Pavlo? Yeah, I think it's a great rule. And I guess 30 days give you enough time to see if you really want it. If you still first remember it, rather than even you don't have to look at your own list, you should even remember it. And you will not remember anything that you wrote down. Like you don't need most of the stuff that, that people buy. And then another rule that I use to do not buy stuff is the 90% rule. So pretty much if something's not a 90 or above, I'm not going to get it which really applies to like a lot of clothes and stuff like that. Like some things are not going to be a 90 for everything that you own. But if like, especially let's use your clothes, for example, if every piece of clothes you have is a 90 or above, you love it. It's your favorite thing. Then like you can literally close your eyes, put your hand in your closet and you're going to pick up, you're going to be thrilled with whatever you pull out. And nobody really has that. And it, it's, it's a much more enjoyable way of life. Even if you have 15 things instead of, you know, 107 it, it's still more enjoyable because everything you have is your favorite and you don't have to worry about like should i buy this i don't know it's kind of nice but i'm not sure it's like if it's not a like absolutely then just don't get it oh i true. like that so 90 percent. that's basically like you're 90 percent happy with it exactly yeah. well it's like out of 100 you would rate this thing like a, a 93 you know it's that high up on your scale of like coolness like i don't know 
Oh, I love that. I love that. That follows actually the color analysis you've done, Connie. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I would recommend this for you, Gabe, because I know you wear a lot of black t-shirts. But mm -hmm. if you ever wanted to mix it up in your wardrobe, Pablo bought me this experience, which is really fun. And it's like a color analysis where they like go through your color palette. Like they, they take some like kind of, um, there's like the special thing that they put on your face and like parts of your body so that they can test your skin tone, if it's like warm or cool. And then they give you basically like a color palette that you can use to go shopping. So when you go shopping, you kind of know which colors you can buy that, that make you look really good. So I'm like, oh, it's just made me feel a lot better about shopping because sometimes, sometimes you just don't know which colors to buy. So maybe for you, Gabe, who knows? Then you'd be 95% troll. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like a good idea, but I mostly only wear black for a couple of reasons and like it's just so much more easy. So I don't know if I'll venture into colors, but if I do, I will try that. Yeah, give it a go. Give it a go. But I like that 90% rule. Yeah, That's a, a really good one. You, it's really good that you just don't have to think. You're going to pick out something out of your wardrobe that's already going to be good rather than be like, no, not this one. It's like, why do you have this one then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not this one. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to wear like this. you bought this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, baby. <laughs> Gabe also has a baby. Oh, sweetheart. Sorry. No, no, was no, there, no, no. She's having a rough time falling asleep right now. Oh, that's, yeah, that's all okay. good. It's all good. Was there anything you had to buy for the baby? And how did you finance like your life with the baby? Yeah, so babies definitely can be expensive, but they're also babies and they don't know. So we've kind of gone down the path of babies really wear things like four times and then they grow out of them. So almost all of our baby clothes up into like, like still right now, even up past a couple of years are mostly hand-me-downs from like other mothers because they wore their kids wore them a couple of times. And every Christmas you get gifted like a billion things. So we've bought almost nothing like clothes wise for our daughter. Um, and she wears pretty good stuff. And then same thing with toys. We've actually gotten rid of a decent amount of toys this week because people keep giving us more. And the more you have, like your house is just a trash and they really play with like 20% of the toys. Like, why do we have this other stuff? So you feel like like oh well you're depriving your kid of stuff somebody said that my kid would turn into a serial killer because they didn't have enough toys and i was like this is like the dumbest thing i've ever seen the kids are happy playing with like a rock and a cardboard box like they don't need a billion dollars worth of toys <laughs> that's yeah good. that's true like i we just bought our first lot of like baby stuff and it came in this box and then on the box it said you can reuse me for like putting stuff in the box and also for playtime and I was like oh that's true because I would have loved this box it's like the perfect size <laughs> you know you could make a little house and the other day we were at um our friend's place and she has a daughter I think she's like five I think she's five or six I don't know the age exactly but she was so cute and she was really smart like um we were having breakfast And then she went into her room and then when she came out, she had like invented this game and it was like she basically tipped a cardboard box upside down and she kind of like drew kind of like circles on it, put some like cups kind of like on top of the cardboard box and she like got some like foil and she rolled them into balls and then she was like, okay, everybody stand behind this line and you're going to throw like your your foil into the little cups 
on top of the box and then she had like different points like scoring for like whichever cup you got it into it was like you earn points and I was like she's just it's just a box and some foil and some cups you know and like she just had so much fun making that game and we had a lot of fun playing it too so it really goes to show that yeah you don't need a lot of stuff and she had a lot of stuff in her room like lots of like fancy toys and stuff around but <laughs> but she was able to play as just cardboard and some foil <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's that's been my daughter's like favorite gift is like uh, there was a big box that we we bought a rocking chair and the box came in it and for like months she turned that into a little house and it was one of her favorite things it was like it, it's always that and like stealing stuff from our kitchen she loves to play with Our stuff, like non-toy items, are the best toys. Oh, that's, that's good. Cute. So you don't need to buy anything, actually. <laughs> Just some boxes. Maybe yeah. these t-shirts that you're not wearing, Gabe, you can pass them on. You know? <laughs> you know, we tried to actually cut off a t-shirt and turn it into a onesie, and it was an incredible... It was so much work. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> oh, it's interesting, though, isn't it? It's kind of like... makes you wonder, like... How much stuff do you actually like because you genuinely like it? And how much stuff do you actually like because everybody says you should like it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a, there's a theory about this. I forget the rule of it. But like actually you give more value to the stuff that you already own than if it was just sitting on a shelf. So everything you own, you feel bad about getting rid of it. You give it so much more value and it like... would you actually buy this thing again? Like most likely you wouldn't. Like would you, if somebody offered you 50 bucks for it, would you take the 50 bucks? Uh, or would you spend 50 bucks in order to buy it? You know, um, it's actually like, you might not take 50 bucks, but you wouldn't spend 50 bucks. It's the exact same thing, but you you value it differently when it's yours, which is really weird. Yeah, yeah there was true. this uh, study I think they gave like people like uh, a bottle of wine for like maybe an hour or something. And then they valued it. you know, at more than people that just saw the bottle of wine for the first time. The same thing with like your house that you live. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, you're going to value it for like, you know, 10, 20% above the market, right? Because you lived in it. Mm, that's very true. And then I think there was even some psychological tests also on wine. So they, they got like a really cheap bottle of wine. And they got like a sommelier to kind of like pour it and say it was a really fancy bottle of wine. And it was like, and then they also had like a test group that just kind of like drank the wine. And, you know, when they had the experience of like someone telling them about the wine and all the notes and that it was a really expensive wine, like people just rated it so much better and like it actually tasted better to them. You know, because of like a placebo thing. So it's like so interesting how sometimes like, I don't know, it, it's like we all kind of get bought into this psychology that that things are worth more than they are sometimes, don't you think? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I'm definitely guilty of it too. <laughs> That's perception, right? Yeah, it all is. And if you're enjoying this podcast so far, don't forget to give us a follow so you don't miss an episode. What's a book that you've read that you really, really love that that you've gotten a lot of value from? I'll give you two books. So one of them is The Millionaire Fast Lane. I read that for the first time this year, completely like changed my business. I recommended it to some friends and they said it was like one of their favorite books. So Millionaire Fast Lane, if you're looking to not like work nine to five and then retire with a few million dollars, which is a great path for a lot of people, if you're looking to like get past that to the next level, really good book. Uh, as far as like your personal life, productivity, minimalism, uh, essentialism was an, an amazing book. I've recommended that to like almost everybody I know it completely changed my life. So I would definitely recommend that as well. It just talks about, I got the 90% rule from that, which is, you know, if, if something's not a 90 or above say no to it, don't buy it, don't do it. And then there's only like 10% of stuff that leads to 90% of the results. So try not to do the rest of that as well. So those two books I would recommend to anybody. They're wicked good. I like that. Yeah, it's been a while since we read The Millionaire Fast Lane, but that was a really great book. Do you yeah, remember it, Pablo? That was a very good book. And I guess the the message in it is like you need to create your own fast lane, right? Yeah, it's kind of taking a little bit more control, starting a business, getting leverage, stuff like that, where you can't really, if, if you're working nine to five somewhere, you can't really scale too much past a certain point. Whereas you could work. Uh, they have this idea of a 7007. So you trade seven days of work um, right now so that you can have seven days off later, as opposed to most people will do five days of work so they can enjoy their two-day weekend, and they'll do that for the rest of their life. They'll never be able to get out of that. But if you're willing to do a little bit more now, the rest of your life can be different if you build a business or you invest or you do something with that extra work. That's very good. And I think, Gabe, you mentioned like uh, in our last call that you find a way to create your YouTube videos in very little effort, right? And you're building your lane. <laughs> exactly. No, like the four-hour work week is another great one, even though like a lot of it doesn't relate to most people. But yeah, like I've gotten my YouTube videos from being, you know, like 20 hours a week, which they used to be, uh, to like two to five hours a week is what I spend per video. Um, right now, I upped it to two videos a week, plus I've got another channel going on plus I'm building a course and all that's like in under you know 20 something hours a, a week like for all of it so like building systems putting a ton of work up front so that you can you know streamline things and have systems to spend less time later on really makes a big difference just nobody wants to put that upfront work in or they're just okay with it how it is and it's like no there's got to be a better way to do this for mm -hmm. sure that's why as constant improvement you know I mean you've made video for years now and then all these small improvements you've made all over the, the years paying off like a big time now. Mm -hmm. mm, that's cool. How do you build systems to do things more efficiently? Like what was the process of doing that like? Yeah, so for me, I realized that a lot of the what I was doing was not actually the 10% of things that lead to the results. Like scripting, you can spend six hours on a script or I spend 20 minutes. And I do better on the 20-minute script because I, I it's not all written out word for word. It's not somebody talking about a script. It's me giving myself reminders. And then I ad lib. I cut stuff out later. But it's real. It's authentic. I stumble. I have a stutter. And that's what people, they want you thinking. They want you just blurting out what you're thinking about. They want a real person. And so I found that like it might be 
maybe it's not the best way for everybody, but for me, this is what works better. And the same thing with shooting, instead of getting everything perfect, like I'll just go stand next to a window, get the lighting relatively fine, not have this whole setup. And that's, you know, that that's fine. And same thing with editing, like there's different styles where you can make a style that takes 40 hours of video, or you can do a style that I, earlier this week, I came up with an idea, shot, edited, posted a video all in one day. And or I posted it the next day. Um, but like, it, it's totally possible to do that. But you have to decide that I'm not going to do all the other stuff. I'm not going to check the email. I'm not going to get all the settings, right? I'm not going to do all the stuff. I'm going to get this done. And that's more important. It's like, it's better to be done than perfect. Hmm, that's very cool. What do you think, Pavley? Yeah, I think it's really good. Like uh, a day. That's really impressive, you know, and your videos are really high quality as well. Yeah, exactly. And YouTube videos, they're like, I guess for people listening, they take such a long time to edit, like usually like a week or something. So that's pretty amazing to do shooting, editing, everything in one day. That's that's a feat. <laughs> well, it's also like there is a style that like it would take longer than eight hours to edit a video if you do a certain style. But like Casey Neistat literally just writes stuff on a piece of paper and holds it up because he doesn't want to edit, write tech, putting in the text. So like it's okay to make your own style that takes less time because... I'm not going to do it if it takes me eight hours to edit. It won't get done, but I will do it if I create this more cinematic, real, realistic, authentic, simple version that is still a really high quality video, but it doesn't take a year to to do all the extra stuff, you know? Mm, very cool. Yeah, I like it. Very I like good it a system. Lot. And Gabe, I think you build also another system. Now you live in a house and you used to do like house hacking, right? Yes. Yeah, so... I got my first house hack at like 22, I believe. So pretty much a house hack is you buy a multifamily with like a three and a half percent down FHA first time home buyer loan, live in one unit, rent the other two out. Those two, if, if you do it correctly, should cover all your mortgage taxes and insurance and allow you to live for free in the other unit. And then eventually when you move out, you could start making money from that other unit and kind of rinse and repeat the process. So I've done that twice on two triplexes and we're on a single family with an attached dwelling now and that attached dwelling pays like 70 percent of the mortgage taxes and insurance so we're living at a really nice house right now for cheaper than it would be to rent a crappy crappy one bedroom in our place and we have like half an acre of land and it was like a really nice place so it's been it's, it's a really cool tool Hmm, that's really cool. I'm also curious, how much of like property prices as well, like for like a multifamily home, like where you're looking? Yeah, so it's gone up a lot. Like it's so much harder to do it now than it was five years ago or whatever. It was, I got my first property for 250000 My next one, no, 200000 My next one for 350000 This one's like 500000 And each one of those properties probably like the first property has about doubled in the past in the past five years so that's like horrible for anybody trying to buy something it's generally in like the 400 to six hundred thousand dollar range if you're trying to get like a triplex now which is a lot harder with interest rates mm, interesting that's yeah. good yeah. and how were you able to buy like to put the deposit the three and a half percent like how did you save or invest that money yeah so i was that was my entire life savings. Every time we've bought something, it's like I've been extremely frugal for a really long time. And I put everything I had into the first one I renovated. There was a hoarder living there, nicotine dripping down the walls. 
and we're just like cleaning this place out before we got married with like gas masks on and like bleaching everything trying to get the nicotine off uh but yeah we had saved all of well i had saved all of my money and put it into this first one at three and a half percent down i also do this trick where I'll get 10,000 back towards closing costs. So it saves me $10,000 cash and puts it on the loan. And that since I'm never actually paying the mortgage because the tenants are paying it, it's like I'm getting $10,000 and it's costing me almost nothing. So that's an, another thing that I did to save some money and then kind of rinse and repeat the process. Lived there for a year since we were living for free. I saved all that money we would have been paying in rent instead of buying a car or going on traveling or whatever. Saved all of that money did the same thing again. And another hack that I think a lot of people don't use when they're um, house hacking is to actually use Airbnb. So we had a four bedroom unit in our second property. We added an extra bathroom and then turned that into four separate Airbnbs. And that right there was making like, what was it making? $4,000 a month um, from this place and the mortgage was 2,500. So like just that apartment was pretty much would have let us leave our jobs and like be fine just off of that, which is absolutely crazy. Um, so that was pretty cool as well. Mm, that is really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a really good hack. Yeah, Airbnb. that is really cool. Yeah, say, Gabe, was there any other like minimalist hacks that you that you do like on a daily basis or something that really helps you get where you are now? I think the the one of the things that I've been really thinking about a lot is... This idea that time will fill the amount of, or work will fill the amount of space that you give it. So if you have eight hours to do something, it'll take eight hours. If I have 20 minutes to do something, it might not be 100% done. It might be like 87% done, which is totally good enough. But I'll get stuff done that way. So whether it's cleaning up your house, you set a timer for 10 minutes, you'll clean your house really good in 10 minutes if you like see yourself as like, well, I have 10 minutes and then I have to burn the house down. If I don't get it done, you'll get it done. And the same thing goes with, with a lot of things, whether it's work, you're like, set a, set a timer for an hour, work for an hour. If you're not done, you have to scrap everything you did. You'd be amazed what you can do in an hour. So that's some of the things that like, I, I pretty much trick myself because I'm kind of lazy and not the best at stuff. So when I like set rules for myself to do things, it really helps me. That's very good. And I guess having a kid now, maybe another one, you know, you need to really be mindful where you, you spend your time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kids do take up uh, a decent amount of time, but it's also been, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun as well because I have that. It's like very rewarding to have a kid. A lot of people look at the downsides of like, oh, it takes time, it takes money and all this stuff. But it's also so cool and enjoyable seeing them pick up all the stuff like you built this little human out of nothing and it repeats things that you said and it repeats your mannerisms i don't know it, it, it's also really like fulfilling <laughs> oh yeah oh that's cute you yeah, guys are gonna how like exciting. it oh yeah i'm scared but it'll be fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like you said gary you know like it's like if we give ourselves like 20 minutes to do this we'll maybe not do it 100 percent, but it'll be good enough and then we'll have more time to spend Kid, though, yeah, exactly. Know? I've got a question. This is like a selfish question for Pablo and I, but how do you guys manage like the baby? Like, do you do you have like kind of shifts where it's like one person takes care of the baby this times or this times or like how do you, how do you manage it? Yeah, so I mean, we're not like a ton of people. My wife doesn't work. She doesn't want to work. She does just start her own YouTube channel, um, but I'm doing the editing for it and stuff, and it doesn't take her like all that long to do it. And she wants to take care of uh, my daughter, but 
also the baby's like up all night occasionally so generally she is one of us would it doesn't matter who it is but she has stayed up all night uh with the baby or woken up because she's the one that's going to feed it and and all that and i can't really do anything so there's no point in both of us being up and then i would take uh her for the first couple hours of the morning so meredith can go back to bed and that still happens now where generally like an hour a day whether it's in the morning or the afternoon since she's waking up in the at night i'll take my daughter so that she can sleep and stuff and then i'll take her you know, a couple times throughout the day. So Meredith can do stuff as well, but it, it just depends. Like we're both home all the time and not constantly working. So it's probably different than, than most people, but I don't know. There, there's no point in like both people staying up all night. Um, and she does kind of that. So it, it works out good. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And you, uh, Meredith is now launching a YouTube channel as well. Yeah. In parenting, right? Yeah. It was, uh, So we're actually going to do, it was interesting. We're going to do a home birth, um, which is interesting to most people. I think we're going to get chickens next year, kind of get like a farmstead thing going on. She's really into making sourdough. And that is very conducive to a YouTube channel. And we also want to have memories of our daughter because like I vlogged a couple days when we first had our daughter and I have this amazing footage that I, I value more than like any of my other videos. So we're going to try to find a way to make money while making those memories and a home birth vlog does extremely well. So we we're going to start it at some point. We're like, let's start it now so we can practice a little bit and then we'll do the home birth vlog and we'll see how that goes. So it's not for everybody, but if you look them up, they have millions of views and not just doing it for the views, but it's like you take advantage of what your life is giving you, you know? Yeah, nice. Oh, that's really cool. How exciting. Yeah, you're building Excited your old millionaire fast lane, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. Right in your home. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. You've shared some really great tips. I really love it. Um, but yeah, anything else to add, Pablo? Yeah, so that was really, really good tips and rules to follow. I guess uh, take away time, you know, like be mindful with the, the time you spend and, you know, cost per aware. I think we learned a lot about that and You know, obviously you need a bit of money, but that can be really helpful to think long term on purchases. Yeah, it's like you don't need a ton of clothes. I actually, sorry, side note, I saw this um, video and apparently you're not supposed to wash clothes every time you wear them, you know, like some clothes. So it's like, it's okay if you only have a few pieces and you hang it back up, you know, obviously if you haven't like sweated heaps in your clothes that day, but it's like, it just goes to show like you don't need like... A, a new cloth for, clo piece of clothing for every single day, you know, maybe underwear. He works, but not in Australia when it's so hot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Controversial question here. Do you need to wash your legs every day? Because that's the same thing as washing your clothes. Do you need to wash your legs every day or does the water from the top of you go down your legs and you don't have to worry about that? Like you're, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I still wash my legs every day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you don't need to. But I use like a loofah, so it kind of like, I don't need that much soap and you it just kind of suds it up. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I wash them, but not as much thoroughly as, you know, the underarm pit and things like that. What about you, Gabe? Mm. No, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I only wash my hair like once a week too. So it's like, I don't know. I found like the more I do it, the the worse. I, this is, that took a weird turn. My bad. Actually, no, like you, if you wash your hair, you don't have to wash the rest of your body because it all <laughs> goes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you don't need to wash your hair that much. 
So it's like once a week, you know, I, yeah. I do once a week. But some people have gone like a long time without washing their hair. And yeah. it still looks good. It's probably better for the oils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually supposed to be good for you as long as it like doesn't kill you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, good chat. Yeah. Good chat. That took a funny turn, but I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our podcast, game. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. And where can people find out more about you? I uh, just look up Gabe Bolt on YouTube or Gabe.bolt on Instagram. Yeah, very nice. Excited. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.